Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and today on our broadcast, we're going to be taking a look at the measure of faith, the measure of faith that was given to you so that you can be saved, the measure of faith that can move a mulberry tree, and the measure of faith that can yank a mountain up and cast it into the sea. It can be a good lesson today. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. Glad to have you. For those of you just watching for the first time, we welcome you today. For those of you watching for the fourth, fifth time, again, welcome back. And for those of you who have become partners with me after a period of time, you begin to realize, I like this teaching. I like his heart. I like the way he presents the word of God. I want to support it because I believe other people can understand the word even better than they have before. And I think God is using Pastor Bob to do this. And so if you'd like to become a partner with me also, you've been watching for some time, but you really feel a tug in your heart, a uniting together by the Holy Spirit of our hearts together, then, then you can join me as a partner. You can go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me and I will gladly accept you. And again, for all the finances we can get, we use it right to turn right back around and produce books and produce TV broadcasts and just ways for people to understand the word of God even better. Although we get a lot of people that tell me they've been born again watching the broadcast, accepted Jesus at the end of the broadcast. The biggest, vast majority of them say, I've been born again for some time. I've just never heard the word of God presented like this. And that is just music to my ears because the greatest thing I see in this ministry outside of getting a person saved, that's the highest and greatest thing. The second thing is making a disciple out of them. And this is what the word of God is for. Jesus even said to the multitudes after he had preached the gospel and many got saved, he says, now if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Turn with me if you would today Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. We're going to take up today and talk about the subject of faith. And perhaps you're thinking, haven't we exhausted this subject? Well, I haven't, but it seems like a lot of ministers have. And through the years, I've taught a lot on faith. And I see so many things from the Word of God. I want to come back, though, because I believe there's always something else you can draw from a subject, even though it has been taught again for years and years and years by great people. I want to come back and comment about one thing about the area of faith. And we're going to take a look at it from Luke chapter 17, verses five and six. And so we're going to take, and you know, when you make, you know, people that squeeze oranges, you know, make orange juice out of it. If you wait another day, you can take that orange and you can squeeze it even harder the next day and perhaps get another drop out of it. Well, that's what I want to do with the message of faith. I want to take and just squeeze that thing a little bit harder and get one more drop of, of what the word of God has to say about the subject of faith. You know, we, in our own personal life, the problem is, you know, we, we operate in faith. We trust God for things, but you know, there's some things across our path that look so huge and so incredible that the first thing we do is we say, well, God, you know, I just need more faith for this. That is the biggest excuse we have. I just need more faith. I just need more faith. And the disciples said that to Jesus one day, and he corrected them, basically saying this, you don't need more faith. Just use what you have because you don't even know the potential of that little measure of faith that's been given to you the moment you got born again. Word of God says in Luke chapter 17, verses five and six, 
The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Jesus has just asked them if, they, if their brother offends them seven times in one day, he says, I want you to forgive them seven times when they come to you asking for forgiveness. The first thing they said was, Lord, increase our faith. Man, when we have some guy offend us, then he comes back a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, a sixth time, and a seventh time in the same day asking for forgiveness for the same thing. We think it's gonna be difficult. Lord, you need to increase our faith. We look at the problem and we look at our faith. And the problem, as it seemingly gets bigger, we think we need more faith to handle it. That's what the disciples said here. And the Lord said, if you have faith as the size of a mustard seed, your King James, other translations just say, if you have faith as a mustard seed, the Greek says the faith of the size of a mustard seed. You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted into the sea and it will obey you. When we fail to receive an answer, again, our first thought is usually, I don't have enough faith and I need more faith, Lord. You need to supply me some more faith. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, Jesus said, and in the Greek, this is a first-class condition, if. What a first-class is, is if and it's true. There can be an if and it's not true. There can be an if, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But in this particular case, Jesus said, if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be picked up and by, by the roots and it will be, and it will be uh, pulled up and planted into the sea. It will obey you. Jesus was simply saying, if you have faith and the, it's a first class condition and you do have this type of faith, you do have faith as the grain of a mustard seed. He didn't say faith is a mustard seed. This is where we've often taken said, well, you know, you can plant your faith and it'll grow bigger. That is not what this is. It's not a mustard seed. It's the size of a mustard seed, so small. Years ago, women in the charismatic movement and other, and other you know, those who follow of the Lord had these little uh, uh, necklaces on and it was just a little ball of glass. Inside was a mustard seed and they used that glass to magnify it so you could see it because that sucker's small. That is the smallest seed that there is out there. And Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be picked up by the roots. You know, I studied a mulberry tree after this. Mulberry trees grow to be 35 feet tall in most areas of the world. Occasionally get over 60 feet tall if the, if the soil conditions are right. But just imagine if there's 35 feet of, of tree growing up this way, there's 35 feet of roots growing down. As wide as the tree is up here, that's as wide as the roots are. It's almost like there's another tree under the ground the same size as that mulberry tree. And Jesus said, if you just speak to that tree and command it, that little mustard seed size of faith will literally pull that tree up by the roots. Now you couldn't do that, but your faith can do that. You say, boy, that's really powerful. Yes, it is. But again, when we fail to receive an answer, we usually look at the size of the problem and the size of our faith and say, Lord, I need more faith. This is a more difficult problem than I've ever faced before. And so how much faith do you need to meet your need? The mustard seed size of faith was given at salvation. In fact, how do you get faith? Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And uh, we usually take that and say, well, then if you need more faith and more faith comes by more hearing and more hearing by the word of God. No, what, what's being taught here is the, the mustard seed size of faith was given to you when you heard the gospel because Romans 10, 17, that quotes that verse of scripture, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word is found in a section of Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 21. 
Verse 17 is right in the middle that we're quoting. But in those verses, it describes faith for salvation and faith for salvation comes by hearing the word of God. When someone is witnessing to you and quotes a scripture, suddenly that faith rises up. Your first thought, do I accept this or not? If the moment you say, yes, I wanna receive Jesus as my savior, that that measure of faith is given to you. You act on that measure of faith and you get saved. The point comes though, but does that faith increase through the years to come? Let me be honest with you, I can't find it in the word of God. That faith is so powerful, it pulled off the biggest miracle you'll ever need. The biggest miracle you'll ever need is not removing a tree or even a mountain in your life. What the biggest miracle in your life is, is receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior, where you move out of death into life, out of Satan's kingdom into God's kingdom, out of Satan's family into into God's family, out of eternity in hell and the lake of fire into eternity with God the Father in heaven, a mansion there. I mean, we could go down the list of the great things that happen when you receive Jesus and what caused that to happen was a mustard seed size of faith. And from that time on, you use that mustard seed size of faith. The mustard seed size of faith is also called in Romans chapter 12 and verse three, the measure of faith. The Greek word is portion, where we get the word portion. So it's called the portion of faith and there's a particular size that it is. Then it's talked about in second Peter chapter one and verse one, and there it's declared to them who have obtained light pressure faith with us. The word like means equal. You can look it up right there in your margin or else you can go to the Greek word. It means those who have obtained equal precious faith with us through righteousness. You didn't get any more faith than I did and I didn't get any more faith than you did. We all got the same equal measure of faith and that equal measure of faith not only can bring you into the kingdom of God, it'll conquer every problem from that time on. And so that little mustard seed size of faith again save you from Satan's kingdom into God's kingdom, Satan's family into God's family spiritual death into eternal life, satanic darkness into the kingdom of light and eternity in hell and the lake of fire to eternity in heaven and even to have a mansion that's there. Why do we now need more faith after salvation for wisdom? for direction, for healing, for finances. After salvation, miracles in your life are temporary. Any healing is temporary, why? Because you're gonna die one day. And if that healing lasted the rest of your life, you're still gonna die. Finances, they stay in this earth. You die, go to heaven, and the finances you gained is now given to other people. Even being raised from the dead is only temporary because by the time that you die from this earth, that again, that raising from the dead, that's why salvation is eternal from the time you receive it through death into heaven and into eternity. And this is why angels rejoice over your salvation. They don't rejoice over your healing, your finances, or even being raised from the dead. Why? Because angels rejoice over that which is eternal. Every sinner that repents, there's a party that goes on in heaven. Nothing else in your life is eternal, only salvation, leading somebody to Jesus, you accepting Jesus yourself. Nothing will ever compare with the power Power displayed by God at our salvation, faith the size of a mustard seed, released in you the exceeding greatness of God's power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, after salvation, why do you now need a mountain of faith to move a mustard seed? It's exactly the opposite. That mustard seed is still there. And if it can handle the biggest thing in your life, bringing you out of Satan's kingdom into God's kingdom, it can handle anything else in life, and you don't need more faith 
you just need to use what you have. That's what Jesus meant. If a mustard seed size of faith save you, it will deliver you now. And Jesus said, you don't need more faith. You just need to use what you have. That's the excellence of the measure of faith that God has given to us. Jesus' disciples later faced a similar problem. I'm gonna get into this. We'll then have a break and come back and finish this story. But in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus was called to cast out a demon from a young boy because his disciples had failed. The father of this young man, this young boy, turned to Jesus for his son's deliverance. And in Matthew chapter 17, verses 18 and 19, it says, and Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. And the child was cured at that time. Then the disciples came to Jesus apart. They came and talked to him on the side and said, why couldn't we cast him out? They were confused at their failure. They were confused at Jesus' success because up until this time, they have been successful every single time. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse one, Jesus gave them authority over unclean spirits and every type of sickness. And when they came back, they rejoiced that every evil spirit came out. And they came back rejoicing that all demons were subject to them. And that's in Luke chapter 10 and verse 17. But here in Matthew chapter 17 was the only one out of many times they met a demon and this time they were not successful. When we come back, we'll talk about why they weren't successful, but perhaps this has happened to you. You've seen God work in your life and suddenly you run into a brick wall and wonder why it won't happen this time. And probably what they were expecting Jesus to say was, well, you just need more faith for this particular type of demon. When they didn't, Jesus is gonna answer their question and we'll answer this question when we come back to see you right after the break. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse-by-verse teaching of the book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh. If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, This teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. 
You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. All right, let's go back to Matthew chapter 17. While you're doing that, I know the announcement has already come, but I'm offering my book on Romans. And the key to the book of Romans is faith. Simple faith in Jesus Christ. Simple faith, no law necessary, but simple faith from the Old Testament through the times of the New Testament has always been the means of salvation and the means of deliverance in the Christian life. That's what we're talking about here is this measure of faith that Jesus is talking about. Matthew 17 was only one of many times that they had met a demon, but they were not successful successful this time. That's the disciples. And so Jesus came along and cast it out immediately. And the first question they said is, why couldn't we cast it out? And they probably thought, ooh, this must be a very difficult case. Perhaps we don't have enough faith. And now Jesus is going to tell us we need more faith, but he's not. He's going to come. And in Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 27, we have this same story again repeated, but Mark gives us more insight as to why they couldn't cast out the devil from this young boy. This time it was outside. Every other time it had been in a home, in a bedroom somewhere, maybe just a person or two standing around. But this time it was out in the street and a large multitude surrounded them and watched them. The number of Pharisees that were there argued and questioned them. The young boy fell to the ground, wallowed and foamed from his mouth, and the disciples were publicly examined for the first time. Before they were in homes, again, away from crowds, in a bedroom somewhere, and again, no pressure. But this time the great pressure was on. All eyes were on them. The people were skeptical and the Pharisees were even combative. The disciples failed in public in front of a crowd. Jesus still did not question the amount of their faith because the problem was not the amount of faith, but this time it was unbelief. Look at Matthew chapter 17. Let's continue on with this story in verse 20. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, why couldn't we cast this devil out? And they expected Jesus to say, well, you didn't have enough faith. That's usually what we say to each other. When somebody fails at something, we say, well, you didn't have enough faith. You know what? Tell me, where's the scripture that says how much faith I do need to have? Seems to me if there was a certain amount I have to have, Jesus would have told them that, but he simply makes it so vague or people make it so vague that the first thing we tell them was you didn't have enough faith. Well, how much is enough? But Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say they didn't have enough faith because they do. He says, because of your unbelief, for truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, there it is again. He's talking about that mustard seed. He talked about it with the tree. He said, if you'll speak to that, he said that that mulberry tree can be picked up by the roots and yanked out of the ground. Now he comes back and uses that same thing. He simply is saying here, the measure of faith, that faith the size of a mustard seed can do anything. He said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed and you do, you will say to this mountain, remove from here to another place, that is the sea, and it will be removed and nothing will be impossible to you. I want you to notice something. The first time Jesus mentioned this mustard seed size of faith, he said you could remove a mulberry tree and it'll pick up that little tiny seed will pick up that tree by the roots and yank it out of the ground and throw it into the ocean. He uses it again and says that mustard seed size of faith will move a mountain. What is the difference between a mulberry tree and a mountain? Well, the first thing is the weight. Can you imagine what a mountain weighs as compared to a tree? I mean, we might be talking about 10 or 100 
100,000 times more, a hundred, a thousand times more than ever. And he's talking about that here that can be used. And that, that little tiny seed can pick up a mountain and throw it into the ocean. Understand this. He's simply saying it's not the size of the problem. You can have this problem and you can have this problem. You can have over here a tree and over here you can have Pike's Peak. But what that little seed can do is pick up both of them and carry them into the sea and cast it there. What he's saying is the size of the problem is not the issue. That little seed can move anything if you'll just get rid of the unbelief. What is unbelief? It's the opposite of faith. That little seed represents faith, but when he says here, because of your unbelief, unbelief is the negative of believe. Believe is the action of faith. So what he's saying is, it's because of your anti-faith. What happens is unbelief, which is the opposite of faith, is pulling, and God never intended for faith and for unbelief to be pulling one against the other. Jesus tells them their faith that they have is enough. Faith the size of a mustard seed will save you. That's what God gave it to you. Uproot and remove both a mulberry tree and also can remove Pike's Peak and cast it into the ocean. This mustard seed side of faith that saved you will deliver you from small or large problems, set other people free. It is not the size of the problem, a tree or a mountain. It's the power of unhindered faith. Years ago, back many years ago, Frank Sinatra had a song back in the late 50s, early 60s, and it was about an ant that wanted to move a rubber tree plant. And in that particular story, that ant had high hopes. You know what high hopes is? That is faith. Now, the guy that wrote the song, I don't know where he got the song, but maybe he got it from these scriptures I'm talking about. That ant with high hopes moved a rubber tree plant. And then after that, he kept moving more. And the, the song ends this way. Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. Oops, Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. But the closing phrase of the song says, oops, there goes a million kilowatt dam. That little ant that decided he could move a rubber tree plant even had such high hopes, he looked at a million kilowatt dam and started moving it. Ants can move cake. You ever been out on a, you know, on a picnic and you look down, there's a little piece of cake that's walking off. You lift up the cake and there's an ant underneath it. Under an uprooted moving mulberry tree or a mountain, you'll see a speck the size of a mustard seed and it has no problem moving either one. A mustard seed size of faith can open the Red Sea and stop the earth from rotating. Moses and Joshua both did that. The problem is not the amount of faith or the size of the problem, but the resistance of unbelief. The life of faith was never intended to be a tug of war. So don't work on your faith. Go to work on your unbelief. If unbelief is not present, faith can move anything. So does your faith really grow between the faith to be saved to the faith that can pull up a tree and the same faith that can move a mountain, the mustard seed size of faith did not grow. It's the same size. The problem was different. The problems were different size, but that mustard seed size of faith was exactly the same size each time. Faith does not grow. You grow in your faith. You grow in your understanding of faith. You grow in your confidence of what that little mustard seed can do. And you also become very acquainted with the track record that it has produced in your life, that it has never, ever failed you. And if it did, it wasn't that problem with the mustard seed size of faith. It was your problem. You were in unbelief. Jesus instructed his disciples more about unbelief than their amount of faith. Time after time after time. We are told in Mark chapter six and verse six, it says he marveled because of their unbelief. 
In Mark chapter 16 and verse 14, Jesus appeared to the 11 as they sat to eat and upbraided them for their unbelief. God's instruction to us today is the same as we look back on Old Testament Israel in the wilderness. We find in Hebrews chapter three and verse 19 and Hebrews chapter four and verse six, the very same verse of scripture. So we see that they, that is Old Testament Israel, could not enter in because of unbelief. Hebrews chapter four and verse 11 tells us, so let us labor to enter into that rest, lest any man should fail after the same example of unbelief. Your tiny speck of faith only asks for one thing, keep me unhindered, free from unbelief, and I'll move mountains. So how do we get rid of unbelief? Jesus says it in the next verse, Matthew chapter 17 and verse 21. However, this type does not come out but by prayer and fasting. Now, many of you are looking at your Bibles going, but mine doesn't have verse 21. Oh, it might have it, but it's got parentheses around it. It's got a little note written out to the side of it. This verse doesn't belong here. It's not found in some of the original texts. Well, it's found in most all the original texts I have found out, but what happens is, they think that we're talking about the demon here. However, this type of demon doesn't come out, but by prayer and fasting. Well, first of all, demons have never needed works to get rid of them. They come out in the same amount of faith. There was no demon that these disciples ever ran into up until this point that it took more than a simple curse from their mouth and a rebuke from their mouth and taking authority over the demon that caused it to leave. So if it's referring to the demon, this type of demon doesn't come out but by prayer and fasting, then this verse doesn't belong there. But Jesus wasn't talking about the demon. He was talking about the subject of unbelief. And what he's saying is this type of unbelief does not come out, but by prayer and fasting. So no demon is ever removed by our works, but when it comes to unbelief, it does belong here. This kind of unbelief does not come out. It completely fits with the context of unbelief, not that Jesus was talking about the demons. How do we get rid of this kind of unbelief? This kind of unbelief has to be starved to death then what kind is it? Well, there's two types of unbelief. There's active and passive. Active unbelief is you caused it and you know you caused it. It's sin in your life and that's created unbelief in your life because of the sin. Active unbelief is willing and known unbelief which comes from sin. It openly defies the word of God and the power of God. The Exodus generation was guilty of this type of unbelief. The Israelites hardened their heart and spoke out against God and against Moses. And in Hebrews 3, 8, it tells us, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the wilderness. Hebrews 3, 19, they hardened their hearts and could not enter in because of unbelief. Psalm 66, verse 18, if I regard knowingly allow iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? Samuel tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 6, active unbelief is removed by confessing it. It's sin and it's also completely forgiven when we confess our sins. But this was not the unbelief of Jesus' disciples. Theirs was passive unbelief. And passive unbelief comes from over-occupation with the legitimate things of life. It produces a double-minded man. The world 
versus God, unstable, and that person cannot receive anything from the Lord. That's James chapter one and verse eight. Mark chapter four, verses 18 and 19, describe it as thorns that choke the word and make it unfruitful. The necessities of this age, the deceitfulness of wealth, the lust of other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Like thorns, removing unbelief takes work. And that's why Jesus said you have to starve it to death. So what do you do? You turn away from the things of the world and you start filling yourself more with the word of God, time with him, praise, worship, great Christian music, things that bring you in the presence of God. And what's gonna happen is you'll start releasing your faith to work like it never has before. And there's not a mountain that can stand in your way. What is your simply your measure of faith telling you? You get rid of the unbelief and I can move any mountain in your life. Sounds good? That's exactly what God wants you to do. I will see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.